Why do poor people have more children? I mean, you know you're poor. Why make so many babies which you can't afford? But wait, switch up. Why don't we ever question why the rich have less children? The answer awaits you in this podcast. Turn your speakers up. Welcome back to the Reality Podcast, a production brought to you by public relations students of UITM Shah Alam. As the pioneer batch that will be kickstarting this podcast, our first season will be focusing on the Millennial Development Goals, and of course, it will all be done within the confines of our home sweet home due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In this podcast, we will be focusing on the first MDG, which is to eradicate poverty and hunger. We are joined by two bright young minds who are very much well-versed on the subject. We have the president and co-founder of Hunger Hits Malaysia, Faiz Azim, and also an economics major minoring in political science from the University of Michigan, Ahmad Mosin. Before we forget, my name is Afiq Ismail. My name is Fiza Aizal. And we'll be your hosts for this episode. So sit back, grab a drink, and enjoy. Here's the tea. This is a public service announcement by Pak Koro and Antina. Eh, Pak Koro, where are you going? I'm going out to buy some groceries. Why? Do you want anything? No, no, it's okay. I still have enough food. Okay, I better get going. The queue is going to be long. Wait, 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 Pak Koro. Let me fetch you something. Ah, here you go. Wear this mask and stay safe, please. Watch your surroundings and practice social distancing, okay? Don't stand so close to people, ah. Remember, one meter distance always. Hey, what would I do without you, Wazina? Thank you so much for the mask and the reminder. I'll be sure to keep that in mind. Alright, okay, so thank you so much, Faiz and Mohsin, for agreeing to do the podcast with us. We are truly... Honored to have such wonderful minds to discuss on the topic. So, just before we begin, tell us a little bit about your most recent works or your developments. Maybe Faiz, you can do us the honors. Okay, sure. Um, first off, thank you guys for inviting me. Um, so, I used to work for um, a senator in parliament called Senator Batmavati Christian. Um, I was her assistant, special assistant. After that, I worked with UNDC. Uh, it's a UN-linked um, agency um, responsible for ensuring that corporate uh, entities in Malaysia align themselves with the SDGs. So I was a project manager there. Uh, right now, I'm doing uh, that as well as uh, being the president of Hunger Malaysia. So, Mohsen... What, Wait, are, what uh, have you hi. been up to? I'm actually the president, the current standing president of the Malaysia, National Assembly of Malaysian Students in America, which is like the student body that represents the interests, that represents the well-being of Malaysian students uh, over here in the U.S. You know, we've been ha- helping Embassy and Education Malaysia a lot here in the U.S. to ensure that everybody is looked after. Yeah. This is a public service announcement by Pak Koro and Antina. Antina! Antina! 
Oh, Antina. Yes, yes, Pak Koro. Sorry, I was busy doing TikTok dances. Oh, it's okay. Here are some cookies. I just baked fresh out of the oven. I just learned this new recipe on Facebook. Wow, it smells so good. It's nice to see that you're keeping yourself occupied and learning new things during this quarantine. Of course, we have to make the best out of the ample time that we have. Or else, I'll just be lazy and unproductive. That's good. We need to try and make ourselves happy and stay as positive as possible while also checking up on the people around us. Thank you for the cookies again. During our topic, which is the Millennium Goal Development number 1, Eradicating Extreme Poverty, um, Faiz, in your own words and expertise, what is actually extreme poverty and hunger? How would you define extreme poverty and hunger? Uh, okay, good question. So first off, um, looking at what poverty means, uh, the definition is basically when a person does not obtain enough income to support their healthcare, to support their housing, to support their education. Um, so these are the basic definition. So of course, the um, it's primarily measured by income through what's called the PLI, it's poverty line income. So in Malaysia, the PNI, if I'm mistaken, if I remember correctly, 980 ringgit per individual. Yeah. Uh, so it's about a thousand ringgit, thousand and thirty ringgit in, in Sabah and Sarawak. So that is um, what can be defined as is someone living in poverty. Uh, let's put it like a, what is it, a level, right? So if you earn 980 ringgit and below, you are considered to be living in poverty. So a lot of people confuse ah, this. With, uh, a lot of people confuse this, the PLI, with the B40 category. They say that oh, um, but a lot of B40s are living under, you know, above 980. Yeah, that's because they are not considered to be in poverty. They are considered to be in the B40 category, which accounts about, if I'm mistaken, the um, the threshold is about three thousand ringgit per household. Yeah. Usually when, when you say if you want to measure poverty through a multi-dimensional lens, you would look at about three things. You would look at their access to healthcare. You would look at their uh, access to education, a good edu- or basic education. And of course, you would look at their access to housing, uh, apart from just looking at their income. A question for Mohsin, right? From an economic point of view, um, because in this very podcast, the issue that we're trying to point out is that uh, poor family planning is considered a salient contributor to the issue of poverty in Malaysia. So what are your thoughts on that, Mohsin? Well, actually, this is a, a very long-standing research, uh, to be honest. Uh, this goes back to, uh, you know, you already have like papers written on this back in the 60s, late 60s, you know, and... Uh, in fact, uh, what I've been actually reading on for this, uh, for this to answer to answer the question today is actually based on research in the US done in the sixties and seventies as well. Uh, so that that just shows like uh, a general a general consensus that children born as a product of federal family planning policies, you know, uh, are less mm-hmm. actually less likely to be to end up in poverty. So such such family planning efforts actually help to. Uh, improve the situation, improve poverty, for, uh, improve like the condition of poverty, improve uh, people who are, who are hungry in, in the streets, you know. And of course, like, this is something that you can actually, like uh, this is something that you can actually just put two and two together. You don't need to be 
and uh, you don't need to have a PhD in economics to actually understand what this uh, how this all comes together because you know like if you mm-hmm. have more resources then of course you would have better you would have a better living standard lah then that comes to like in like the opportunities and outcomes so what economics does is that it just provides data provides like data analysis provides like uh you know research into what into like establishing that causal uh, relationship that causal link between economic resources lifetime opportunities and adult and the subsequent adult outcomes and uh that's that's really how that's really like the main focus of like economic research when it comes to like poverty and hunger and such public policies uh like family planning and in malaysia it's also not not really not really far short like we have we actually have a lot of uh family planning policies in place as well uh it's just that actually if you realize or actually you may not realize these family planning policies are not really that subtle unlike what you have in china like you have that one one child per family kind of family uh, planning mm-hmm. policies right in in malaysia and uh in a lot uh, in more in more parts of the of the developed and developing world it's actually very subtle it's like more notice it's like barely noticeable but it's there a question to you faiz Um, why do you think we are in the condition that we are in where we see our Malaysian brothers and sisters still struggling with the issue of poverty? Why do we okay. still see them struggling with poverty, no education, no housing? Why? Okay, uh, great question. Um, okay, first off, before we, we have to first define where we are, right? Or really understand where Malaysia currently is. So uh, in the 1970s, our poverty rate was about 50%, or to be exact, it was 49%. So about half of our population in the country at the time lived in poverty. Right now, the numbers is 0.4%, all right? But don't be too happy because this is the rate or number that the government always touts. But it's something that has aroused suspicion in a lot of NGOs ever since we we started with tackling poverty and really being on the ground because it doesn't tally. First, it's it's not zero point four percent if you look at it like realistically. That is the number that the government always touts. But the uh, last year, if I'm mistaken, in October, the UN Special Rapporteur responsible for human rights and extreme poverty actually came down to Malaysia to actually look at the situation himself, you know, and, um, you know, uh, being underground and, and listening to a lot of local think tanks, the correct number is what, 16 to 20 percent, the poverty rate. So it's, it's actually quite high. So when we want to address, when we say, why does this happen, right? Why is it, uh, you know, 16 to 20 percent, of course? First and foremost, it is the government's, and of course, I, I would say that the government has a lot, that has done a lot of good things, great things on poverty reduction, but it has failed on this aspect of really looking at poverty head on and really looking at it realistically in terms of uh, wanting, uh, putting it in a, or framing it in a way that would enable them to get political mileage. Sophie. What are your plans for degree? I'm not too sure, but I've been doing some research and I think I want to try public relations at UITM Shah Alam. It says here on the website that their communication school is the first of its kind in Malaysia and they have produced some great alumni. Plus, 
diploma has already been so expensive, so I guess the subsidized fees of your ITM will ease my parents a little bit. What a coincidence! I've been going through the Public Relations Students Association account, IPMSA UITM chapter on Instagram, and their activities look super interesting and cool. So, I guess we are on the right track? Let's do it, Afiq. UITM di hatiku. For more information on the public relations course offered in UITM, feel free to hit our DMs at IPRMSA underscore UITM chapter. What are probably some economic policies that can be drafted by the government to ultimately achieve the goal of eradicating poverty and hunger? What the government has been doing, to be, uh, to be specific, going to the policies, they have been doing education subsidies. Um, they have been doing things like family and marriage counselling, encouragement and awareness of uh, birth control, uh, lowering the cost of contraceptives, and uh, you know, even subsidising medical bills. But of course, uh, a lot of these things, have, like I said, a lot of these things actually have, uh, have been done. Like in Malaysia, public, public education is free. You know, until until secondary yeah. secondary school and uh, even in tertiary education pun kena, it's like heavily subsidized. Uh, so like this yep. is actually yep. like such examples of family family planning. You know, so uh, yeah. but it can actually go both ways lah when you subsidize. To be honest, because this is an argument that I hear not only uh, when I because we are on the ground most of the time. Uh, this is something that we always see to these families. And, and they always reply with this answer. They say that um, because someone is rich, they can afford to have just one or two kids. So they, they can invest in one or two kids and it's confirmed that these one or two kids will be successful. Mm-hmm. So Majid Jenny, um, okay, uh, is, a, is in the B40 bracket, under the B40 bracket. So her argument would be that I have to have more kids because I have to sort of like uh, heightened my chances of one of these kids being successful. I thought it was an anomaly at first, and then I kept, you know, um, seeing this happen time and time again from a lot of the families. And then I heard this one argument by uh, Hans Rosling. I'm sure you've heard of him, the uh, famous physician and statistician who showed the correlation between uh, the level of income of a population as well as the, uh, num- the number of kids that they have. So the argument that he makes is that people have been looking at it from, oh, these people are poor because they have many kids, instead of these people have fewer kids because they are rich enough and understand that they can invest a lot and don't have to sort of like spread their chances across. Because this is what happens in uh, Africa, this is what happens in, in, in these uh, continents where poverty is rife, that they have to have more kids so that that heightens their chances of one of these kids being able to survive and even succeed. What is one important message that you would like the listeners to always remember? Okay, so um, I think the last thing I want to mention is that poverty is a multi-dimensional problem and complex problems require complex solutions. And um, it's, we're not saying that the government is not doing enough in terms of policies. I don't think we need to add any more policies. I think the, the delivery of these policies have to be emphasized or have to be looked at. 
Uh, number two is, this is a call to action, to be honest, to uh, all of the listeners of this podcast who believe that they can do something about poverty, uh, that to join you know, NGOs um, that are tackling this issue. Because this is a um, huge problem that requires all of us to band together to, to solve. Um, and I think the last thing I want to mention is a lot of people rely on the government too much. So Barack Obama once said that the government is like a big ship, you know, a tanker. So if it wants to move direction, requires a lot of effort, requires a lot of fuel, requires a lot of time. But, you know, small uh, groups and NGOs like us, we are like small speedboats, you see, so we can really adjust um, to changing circumstances faster and can deliver aid faster. That is what's most important. So let's not rely on government too much. Let's pressure them to do the right thing, but also let's ensure that we do our part to change Malaysia for the better. something that actually everybody needs to be looking into is actually collective responsibility and you know when we when we talk about poverty this is not the government's issue this is not the issue of the poor people you know this is the issue of Malaysians mm. of all of us and we all have a role to play it's not, you know even if you're mm. not in in poverty or at the same time you're not in government so you don't really have much say in government policies what you can do is you can always make an effort to improve how things are and um, like, like what Faiz mentioned, you can join like NGOs. And even if you are, for instance, even if you are looking, if you are a rich person, lah, bagi, bagi contoh lah, orang, uh, like a rich person who wants to, uh, who is able to spend on like hiring people here and there. Um, I think one thing to, one thing to go, one thing to think, think about is going beyond your comfort zone of hiring people who uh who you can find through channels or through job job scope job uh, job portals people who are actually aware of uh, their opportunities but uh like i would actually encourage people to go further because just because these people are not aware of you know the opportunities that they have for them because of like their uh because of their like however they were constructed in the birth lottery like, that doesn't mean that they don't have the potential. That doesn't mean that they don't have what it takes to be to be successful. It's just that sometimes they need help from people, uh, from other people, not just the government, from even individuals. So like, if you are a wage giver, then like, please please do look into giving opportunities to people who are, uh, who have less opportunities but are but have do have the potential and. Probably that's the biggest, uh, in terms of like uh, occupations, that's probably uh, a very key factor into eradicating poverty in Malaysia, getting all these people employed and uh, being fed, being ha- having money to keep food on the table, you know. So it is truly an honor and a privilege. Yes, what, yes. Uh, what a heartwarming experience it is to be able to engage with such bright youth minds. Thank you so much again, Faiz and also Mohsin. Thank you so much, Faiz. Thank you, and Isaac, for inviting us. Thank you so it's much, a guys. pleasure so for us. Now, truly, we... <laughs> Truly, we will make a mark 
in this world by trying to give whatever we can to the people 